This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Hey, yo. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Monday. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, looks like Twitch is being left out in the dark tonight. People are commenting on Twitch, but it's not showing up in chat or on screen. However, that does not that does not change the fact that Porgo was indeed first. Welcome, Ginger. Who do I see over on Twitch? What's up, Warlord? What's up, Dip? Yeah, Restream is betraying us, but usually these things just work themselves out and Twitch will eventually show up in the chat again. Hopefully. I, I, don't, I don't know how to refresh that here in this. Cancel the bot! Uh, can you guys on YouTube, are you seeing the comments from Twitch? I don't think you, I don't think you are. Well, I'd have to turn off my stream and turn it back on again. That's not going to work. Hello, Che, first timer. Welcome. I get high and I read the news and I'm very profane. That's, that's what you need to know for your first time here. I'm not high enough for this shit. What you need to know. And also, like, I, I have to keep pulling Twitch back up after I go do something else. Because, like, I don't, want you, I don't want you guys to feel left out. I want to see what you guys are saying. Nobody ever comment. If you're watching on Facebook, you never comment. Fuck off. Or DLive or Trovo or any of the other... Weird platforms we're broadcasting on. It's so weird because the YouTube, the YouTube comments are showing up in in Twitch, but not vice versa. So I don't fucking know. It is above my pay grade. What are we talking about tonight? We are going to discuss apparently Sam Elliott. The, uh, the dude that plays the gruff cowboy in a lot of films he put a little bitch fit about one of the one of the films that was nominated for best picture and there's been a whole back and forth between him and the director I find this fascinating we're gonna hear about that apparently apparently Jordan Peterson is opposed by Prager U, Jordan Peterson, predicted everything that is occurring right now. I don't know how because I don't even think Peterson is aware of the world around him. But apparently he predicted everything that's happening right now. So we're going to hear from Jordan Peterson and his dumbass. Kim Iverson, host of The Hill and the Kim Iverson Show on YouTube, has been suspended from YouTube. I can't wait to hear what, like happened to me last year it happens to a lot of us the hill had their channel suspended on youtube we're gonna hear from kim iverson about why she got suspended covid cases are going up in europe that's not a good sign especially after all the stories we read last night about the new variants 
about the alarming spike in Hong Kong and all the provinces in China that are being shut down. Teachers in Minnesota are on strike. They've been on strike for about a week, I do believe. That's that's a that is a Twitch emote. Everyone gets COVID. I wish I could see the comments without looking over at Twitch. That would make things so much easier. Oh my god, so fucking... Um, a woman went on Russian TV with a sign that says no war. It's one of the ballsiest things I've ever seen. Comes on the same day as peace talks yet again fell apart between Ukraine and Russia. We're going to talk about Saudi Arabia uh, had a mass execution over the weekend. We got a killer on the loose. Psycho killer, Keskaske. Apparently he's been doing damage in D.C. and N.Y.C. How the fuck you do that, I don't know. Because, like, who can afford to go back and forth between D.C. and N.Y.C. committing crimes with gas prices? Where they're at. We don't have no high-speed rail here. Yeah, I wonder if she's still alive. That's 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 the problem with the woman that went on Russian state TV with the protest sign. She's she's not having a good time tonight, I'm sure. If she's even still with us. Uh, we're going to go into what a Russian oligarch is, and then we're going to uh, circle back. Bringing on back to the United States. There's Nightbot on the Twitch. There's Twitch. There's Warlord on the Twitch. Senator Joe Manchin. Yet again, being a pain in the ass of the president's agenda. Is planning on blocking Biden's nominee to the Federal Reserve. Sarah Bloom Raskin is her name. Ooh, we've got new information about Jenny Thomas, wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, and her connections to the Stop the Steal rally. Apparently today she admitted she was in attendance, but she left before the violence started. We're going to start off tonight with some sad news that I woke up to this morning. Uh, apparently... Yo... Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Pro wrestler Scott Hall. Hey yo. Some may know him as uh hey, yo. Razor Ramon. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Suffered three heart attacks over the weekend. Hey, having yo. surgery on his hip. Hey yo. He's being kept alive by life support. Was taken off of life support about five or six hours ago. Apparently is still alive as of a, a couple of hours ago. Hey, yo. 
So, hey yo, hey yo, I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of the bad guy. Motherfucker oozed charisma. He was a he was a hella smooth talker. So I just wanted to start off tonight with a bunch of you know, hey yo. Go watch some matches later on tonight. Alright, so we have a suspect the shootings of homeless people. I I I didn't know that he was shooting homeless people. They more than likely a male, but don't want to misgender them. Just, you know, statistically speaking. The nation's capital in New York City said Monday that they were making progress into catching a suspect linked to killing two homeless people and wounding three others in both cities. A total reward of 70 grand from both cities and the federal government is being offered for information leading to the arrest of the shooter. Officials released new photographs of the man saw it. Uh, this is what the dude looks like. I feel like I did some contract work for a guy that looked a lot like that not that long ago. Apparently, we even have video. This was released by the D.C. Police Department. We need everyone to take a moment to watch the below video. The suspect is wanted in connection to two homicides and at least three additional shootings. I guess those were stills from the this video that we were just looking at. Once again, who can afford the gas to go back and forth to DC and New York just to commit crime? And he's shooting homeless people. Now, usually, I um, I would not, uh, I would tell you not to narc to the cops. In almost every instance, I would tell you not to narc to the cops. But if you have info about this scumbag, please report it to the police. Going around shooting homeless people as if they don't have a, a hard enough life as it is. Never talk to the cops, Warlord. Shut the fuck up Friday here. A cop pulls you over, what do you do? You shut the fuck up. That could be a possibility that he travels for work. Going back and forth between NYC and DC. Good call, Ginger. Saudi Arabia executes 81 people. 81 people in a single day. And Texas got incredibly jealous. Death penalty applied for a range of charges in the largest known mass execution carried out in the kingdom's modern history. 
Arabia has executed 81 men over the past 24 hours, including... Now, this was a couple of days ago. This story was posted two days ago. This, this actually happened on Saturday. Saudi Arabia has executed 81 men over the past 24 hours, including seven Yemenis and one Syrian national on charges including allegiance to foreign terrorist organizations and holding deviant beliefs. Good Lord, I can never travel to Saudi Arabia because I am guilty of holding deviant beliefs. You live in sexual anarchy? It is the largest known mass execution carried out in the kingdom in its modern history. The number dwarfed the 67 executions reported in the kingdom in 2021 and the 27 in 2020. They took a little break during the pandemic. They, They only executed 27 people in a mass execution. We're just talking about executions at one time. But they're up from the 67 executions. They performed at one time in 2021. These individuals were convicted of various crimes, including murdering innocent men, women, and children, SPA said on Saturday, citing a statement from the Interior Ministry. Crimes committed by these individuals also include pledging allegiance to foreign terrorist organizations, ISIS, or ISIL, Al-Qaeda, and the Houthis. Some traveled to conflict zones to some traveled to conflict zones to join terrorist organizations, according to the SPA. The kingdom will continue to take a strict and unwavering stance against terrorism and extremist ideologies that threaten the stability of the entire world, the report added. Well, 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 that's kind of like a pot calling the kettle black, isn't it? Like, if you want me to point you towards some people that have extremist ideologies and an unwavering stance of terrorism, I think they're there in your country. I believe you're, you're being led by one. I believe we dubbed him Prince Bonesaw for a reason. I'm I'm pretty sure the Puritans of of the United States would consider anybody even remotely on the left. Joe Biden's right wing, and they consider him a deviant. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, RB. Oh, mass executions. I mean, the U.S. can. And like fucking holds no candle to, to these kinds of mass executions. We, we were specifically talking about Saudi Arabia. I just wanted, I just wanted uh, uh, another flavor of international story before we check in with the conflict that could spiral into World War Three. That's why, like, I don't want to spend so much time talking about Russia and Ukraine. But, like, that's the worry, is that it will indeed uh, spiral out of control and be a conflict that engulfs the rest of the world. So that's kind of why it matters to us. UN chief today, nuclear conflict over Ukraine within the realm of possibility. 
that's really assuring. I'm I'm so glad to hear you say that, sir. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said Monday that the prospect of nuclear conflict is within the realm of possibility as Russia continues its unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. Raising the alert of Russian nuclear forces is a bone-chilling development. The prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable, is now back within the realm of possibility. Ukraine is on fire, Gutierrez added. The country is being decimated before the eyes of the world. Now, that is true. Absolutely decimated. And where they're holding out, like, they're not going to be able to hold out for much longer. Kiev is still being encircled by the Russians. Apparently, uh, they've backed off the last couple of days. The thought process is that the Russians are preparing for yet another onslaught. Going to be ramping up this week. He also called for the security of nuclear facilities in Ukraine, some of which have been attacked by Russian forces. Gutierrez said that he has been in close contact with several countries, including China, France, Germany, India, Israel, and Turkey, discuss mediation efforts to bring the war to an end. There was another round of peace talks today. These fire talks, I don't know exactly how they are framing them. But yet again, they stalled. Fire, immediate withdrawal of troops and security guarantees Hold with on. Russia on Monday. Ukraine said it held hard talks on a ceasefire, immediate withdrawal of troops and security guarantees with Russia on Monday. That was despite the fatal shelling of a residential building in Kiev. Both Russia and Ukraine had suggested over the weekend that results from the talks were in sight. But Ukrainian negotiator Mikhailo Podolyak... There's just no reason for this kind of destruction. Quote, ...a delusion that 19 days of violence against peaceful cities is the right strategy. Talks would continue on Tuesday. A residential building was severely damaged in this blast that rocked Kiev. A local resident said at least two people were killed. That was after officials said at least one person died in a missile strike on another part of the Ukrainian capital, with a second killed by falling debris. I'm more concerned with the Ukrainian people than I am the Fox News reporter. But yes, a Fox News reporter was injured. Another reporter was, was killed yesterday. Ukraine and its Western allies call that a baseless pretext for a war of choice. Russia's defense ministry said at least 20 people were killed in the eastern... I welcome the aliens. Please bring the aliens. They won't be alien if they... charge, ...though it has not provided evidence. Land on Earth. Pro-Russian separatists... What's up, Spider? ...said earlier a child was among those hit, calling it a war crime. A Ukrainian official denied the reports, which Reuters was unable to corroborate. The UN... But I mean, like, if the UN steps in... Okay. ...confirmed the deaths... The UN steps in to investigate war crimes. What are they going to do? Are we going to hold Russia accountable? That ain't going to happen. I mean, fucking Russia has veto power on the UN Security Council. Aliens don't want to touch this. Now, I don't... Like, some of you are, are, are newer to the stream if you've never heard me talk about extraterrestrials. I Life exists out there. There is life out there. The probability that life exists out there is just too great... But we ain't never gonna meet it, ain't never been here, ain't never touched us. 
There is no life form that can live long enough to make it to the edge of our solar system, let alone to another galaxy, another another cluster of planets where there might be a, a, a Earth-like planet in the habitable zone. So, life is out there. We ain't never going to meet it. I could use some Mexican food right now. I'm kind of hungry. Might be what I have for dinner, taco salad. Oh, I hate to hear that, Ginger. I hate it when when good. That's that's shitty. Now I know there's no God. Because like the 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 fucking. The best person I've ever met in my life died of a brain tumor way too fucking young. And Donald Trump is like indestructible and became president. There is no fucking God. There is no way. There is no way that no just God exists out there. (laughs) I am God. of at least 636 civilians, including 46 children. The actual toll is likely much higher, it said. In the besieged southern port city of Mariupol, alone, more than 2,500 residents have been killed. Mariupol, I was calling it Mariupol. Ukrainian presidential advisor. Reuters couldn't verify that figure. This drone footage My of God. was filmed by Azov, a former right-wing paramilitary which is now part of Ukraine's National Guard. The configuration of the buildings matches... Now, that's, that's another worry. So, this is being filmed by the far-right paramilitary group. We've talked about, like, there are Nazi factions within the Ukraine. Within Ukraine. And that's the worry of doing exactly what we did in Afghanistan. Arming, arming a group. Because, like, we, we've done this before armed a group to be able to defend themselves against the Russians. That group was called the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. They went on to become Al-Qaeda and attack us on 9-11. So it's... It's one of those, you know... uh, Probably shouldn't arm and train people to fight the Russians. That has not worked out well for us in the past, but we also probably shouldn't let Russia just slaughter innocent people with such brute force and just invade a sovereign nation. Like none of the, none of this is fucking easy. I'm not going to pretend to know what to fucking do. My instincts tell me that the U S should stay the fuck out of this, but like, I also know history. Like, the U.S. probably should have done something about Germany long before we did in World War II. It's like this is this is uh, this is all just uh, and then uh, the fact that it's nuclear powers. That's what fucking Ukraine is calling for a no-fly zone. But if you have a no-fly zone, then that means the U.S. has to enforce it. 
The moment the U.S. shoots down a Russian jet, you've got a hot war. And that's, that's what I'm talking like, about. We are in a precarious position right now. Where, like, this really could spiral into a much, much bigger conflict. And fucking why? Over, for what? I mean, I know Putin's motivations and everything. But, like, seriously, none of this, none of this is worth the loss of life. I don't I don't want to I don't want to pretend to know what the right answer is. I'm usually against sanctions. I'm usually against war. Money, of course. Now there is there is reports of a Russian uh, oligarch actually uh, denouncing his Russian citizenship. I didn't put that on the uh, on the on the list here today. I need to look that up real fast. Satellite photography. The Kremlin said everything was going to plan after one of Putin's closest allies, National Guard Chief Viktor Zolotov, said the operation was going more slowly than hoped. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said Russia has enough military clout to accomplish its aims in Ukraine on time and in full, including taking major cities. Now, like, this is the best case scenario for us, for, for probably the world, for the Ukrainian people, is that Putin becomes so unpopular at home that the, the, the oligarchs turn on him and take him out of power. Russian oligarch who fled to Israel 20 years ago and escaped a lifetime jail said, oh, well, he doesn't have power in Russia now. My apologies. I thought this was an important person in Russia had actually left and said he's against the war. This guy hasn't been in Russia for 20 years, but says that everything Putin touches dies. Meanwhile, uh, here is the clip from Russian State TV. Was Channel One apparently in Russia? О том, как смягчить воздействие западных санкций, говорил сегодня Михаил Мишустин. На встрече со своим белорусским коллегой российский премьер подчеркнул, надо усилить сотрудничество в рамках союзного государства. А на совещании в правительстве обсуждали, как сохранить доступность. Границы не должны пострадать. Channel immediately cuts away to something else. Some medical documentary or some shit. Санкций, говорил сегодня Михаил Мишустин. На встрече со своим белорусским коллегой российский премьер подчеркнул, надо усилить сотрудничество в рамках союзного государства. А на совещании в правительстве обсуждали, как сохранить доступность. woman is a hero. Должны пострадать от введенных Западом О том, как смягчить. Uh, this might have happened last night. This was posted on uh, Twitter today, this afternoon. Stop the war. Don't believe the propaganda. They lie to you here, is what the poster said. Apparently, she was an editor. Before she stormed the set, she pre recorded this video message saying what is going on in Ukraine is a crime. И наши братские народы еще смогут примириться. К сожалению, последние годы я работала на Первом канале. Brave fucking woman. 
He has been detained and was taken to a police station. Seriously hope she's okay. I mean, like... They don't seem to just kill people on the spot in Russia. Pussy Riot, Alexei Navalny, but they could just be high-profile people. So maybe the fact that she is a journalist and would make her somewhat high-profile works in her favor. What is a oligarch? What is an oligarch? Grammatically correct here, Justin. In response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the U.S. and allies have attempted to stranglehold, put a stranglehold on Russian banks, companies, and oligarchs whose gargantuan yachts and sprawling estates have left many of us wondering what makes someone an oligarch and how did they become so rich? Oligarchs are exceptionally wealthy businessmen who are politically and socially influential. According to Elise Guliano, a lecturer uh, lecturer in political science department at Columbia University who focuses on post-Soviet Russia, they're often personally connected to the country's top political leaders, though not always. The classic definition of an oligarch would include some political influence, but it's become apparent since the war began most of the country's billionaires have little or no sway with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Russia's original oligarchs made their fortunes in the 1990s during the chaotic aftermath of the Soviet Union's collapse as state assets were offloaded to private bidders, often in corrupt deals. During this period of market liberalization, well-to-do businessmen, former officials, and plucky entrepreneurs acquired large stakes in Russian companies in oil and gas, metals and mining, railway and transportation, agricultural products, and other core industries. A newer group of oligarchs became wealthy through their ties to Putin, who has ruled Russia in one form or another since 2000. Putin has alternately, uh, has alternately enriched and punished oligarchs, treating tycoons and their businesses as pawns in his political chess matches. Khalid Kordorokovsky, then Russia's richest man, was arrested in 2003 for tax crimes after he supported Putin's political rival. However, many of today's oligarchs are current or former Putin officials. Yuri Kovalchuk, a longtime friend and advisor to Russia's leader, obtained large stakes in banking and telecom companies through his ties to Putin. Uh, that that's the that's the dude that had his uh, yacht confiscated, right? I had that for the uh, freak show. I was going to show that to the Sparkles. <laughs> While oligarchs' closeness to Putin varies. All rely on his patronage. Given the way that the Russian economy is structured, so much depends either directly or indirectly on the state. According to Brian Taylor, a political science professor at Syracuse University, oligarchs are not autonomous economic actors who are in a position to stand up to the state or talk back to the state. The seeds of Russia's Russia's oligarchy were sown between 1992 and 1994 when the newly independent Russian Federation ran a voucher privatization effort. Under the program, shares of some 15,000 state-owned firms were made available to private buyers. 
Its aim was to allow ordinary Russians to buy shares. Instead, well-connected businessmen acquired blocks of vouchers, giving them large or controlling stakes in firms. Oh, they took his mansion! Fuck yeah! We need to employ some of those tactics because you know, you know what? Uh, we've got um, we've got four billionaires that combined make up pretty much the net worth of all of the Russian oligarchs. We, the United States, have four men, four men, and they seem to be politically connected. Weird. We are now reading from the New Yorker. Turning the focus on America's oligarchs. Late on the night of March 2nd, the Amor Vero, a 290-foot-long yacht that French officials traced to Igor Session, this, is, this might have been the yacht I was thinking of. The CEO of the Russian oil giant Rosneft, a confidant of Vladimir Putin's, in the Mediterranean port of Lo, uh, Le Cotat? Cotat? I'm too, I'm too poor and too Alabamian to know uh, how to pronounce that. Pronuncia, pronuncia. La ciota. La ciota. La ciota. La ciota. La ciota. La ciota. What language are we speaking again? French? I took French in college. I failed it. As news spread of sweeping new sanctions on Russian elites, the crew of the Amero uh, of the Amor Vero tried to sell off urgently, according to the French government. But customs officers seized the yacht before it could depart. Observers of the luxury yachting world have reported that several other vessels connected to Putin's favored elite appear to be dashing toward friendlier ports in the Indian Ocean. To a degree that has startled experts. In the opaque byways of international finance, the invasion of Ukraine has engendered a systematic campaign to sever Russia from the global banking system and to sunder the Russian elite from their estates, vessels, and fortunes from the Caymans to Sardinia to Central Park. The Russian attack began on February 24th. The United States, the United Kingdom, and the European Union have expanded the list of Russian billionaires under sanctions to at least 16 Brooke Harrington, a sociology professor at Dartmouth who studied tax havens and secret money flows, said that things that I've spent the last 15 years hearing were impossible have, in less than a week, become possible. Harrington, who has criticized the, rule, uh, who's criticized the rules and loopholes that shield wealth from taxes or public discourse disclosure, likened the sudden moves to the fall of the Berlin Wall. She said... 
When that wall came down, it didn't affect just Berlin or even Europe. It changed the way the world was organized. I don't know if that's the way it's going to go this time, but it absolutely has the potential to be that kind of momentous shift. How momentous exactly? To push to expose hidden flows of Russian money has renewed calls to illuminate darker corners of American finance and politics. I mean, it's been illuminated. We've had the Panama Papers, the Paradise Papers, the 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 Swiss Bank, the Swiss Swiss Papers. Fucking how many how many fucking uh, how much light do we need to shed on the fact that we're getting the shaft before we actually do something about it? Not only the vast sums that are secreted to tropical islands to avoid taxes, but also the fortunes that exploit U.S. campaign finance law to bankroll the manipulation of democracy without fingerprints. The State of the Union address, Biden asked Congress to pass the Disclose Act, which seeks to limit the role of dark money in elections so that Americans can know who is funding our elections. As Biden put it, the bill's sponsor, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, told me the fact that all of this is blown up overseas and we're demanding all this transparency about foreign autocrats and kleptocrats gives us a good argument for cleaning this up at home and for focusing public attention. Fuck yes! We're going to come back to this story here in just a second, but I do want to point out that in, in during the uh, pandemic, America's 704 billionaires, that's the exact number. I said i said it was over 700 uh, when we were, we were talking to the dude on Discord last night. America's 704 billionaires have gotten $1.7 trillion richer over the two years of the pandemic, almost all of those wealth gains will go tax-free. Super yachts are selling out as working families struggle to afford everyday expenses. Putin's brutal naked attack on a sovereign democratic society has clarified the risk posed by illiberal forces around the world. But the broader assault on democracy has been building for years, orchestrated in obscure legal maneuvers and self-serving political projects that have sapped confidence in elected governments, eroded transparency, and fed public cynicism. It's the fossil fuel industry's dark money that is blocking Congress from passing climate safety legislation, White House said. If ExxonMobil can hide its political spending behind dark money fronts, then why can't the Iranians? Why can't Vladimir Putin? We need transparency. Speaking of illiberal forces and assaults on democracy, obscure legal maneuvers, We're reading from the Washington Free Beacon. This is a right-wing publication. This is their exclusive with Jenny Thomas. The conservative activist talks to the Free Beacon about her work and her husband, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, better known as Pube Can. 
Now, many of you, hell, I'm not even old enough to remember this. I wouldn't know it if it wasn't for, you know, my masochism when it comes to masochism. See, I'm not into the BDSM. I don't know. Masochism. I like to inflict the pain upon myself. That's the masochism, right? Masochism when it comes to, to politics. During the the Thomas uh, confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court, a young lady by the name of Anita Hill testified that Thomas sexually harassed her in the office, including this weird incident involving a a Coke can and a pubic hair. Old pube can! Virginia Jenny Thomas wants to clear up a few things about January 6th. Status give, maskist receive. Okay, cool. Holy shit. Now, there is, uh... There is rumor going around that it wasn't actually Eastman who authored the Eastman memo. Get, get this, the fucking Eastman memo was the... The like what was twelve point plan of the legal maneuverings they would have to do in order to be able to kick the election back down to the states and keep Trump in power. There is a rumor going around that the Eastman memo wasn't authored by James Eastman, but was authored by Jenny Thomas. But in this uh, Free Beacon article, she says she did not help organize the White House rally that preceded the riot at the Capitol. She did attend the rally, but got cold and left early. And most importantly, in her view, her involvement with the event has no bearing on the work of her husband, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. A veteran conservative operator, critics have for decades charged that her political activity poses an ethics conundrum for the justice. She was keen to dispel misconceptions and shared fresh details about her professional life. Like so many married couples, we share many of the same ideals, principles, and aspirations for America. Thomas told the... I have no clue if that's how she sounds. I've never heard her speak before, I don't think. We have our own separate careers and our own ideas and opinions, too. Clarence doesn't discuss his work with me, and I don't involve him in my work. So Thomas has taken steps to adjust her public profile, such as deleting her Facebook page. She has no plans to curtail her professional activities. Wide-ranging interview, Thomas spoke for the first time about a series of recent news reports linking her with the events of January 6th and alleging Ms. Thomas's activity, Mrs. Thomas's activities create a conflict of interest for her husband and undermine the Supreme Court standing with the public. They do. They do. They do. Now, I shared out a meme on Facebook that said that Jenny Thomas was involved in organizing the January 6th rallies. Facebook rated that claim as false. However... Jenny Thomas is involved with multiple organizations that did indeed help organize the January 6th rallies. But she has personally denied being involved. Fuck off. 
Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? She thinks we're stupid. It is a conflict of interest. Department of Homeland Security officials expected violence at the Capitol, but they kept it to themselves. New report from the DHS Office of Inspector General documents intelligence officials joking about Democrats being hanged. This was a story from last week in The Intercept. Leading up to January 6, 2021, siege of the U.S. Capitol, officials inside the Department of Homeland Security were feeling anxious. Within the Department's Office of Intelligence and Analysis, the sole component of the federal government authorized to disseminate threat information to state and local law enforcement agencies, analysts had watched as maps of the Capitol were circulated online amid talk of hanging Democrats, murdering protesters, and dying in a blaze of glory. Homeland Security officials warned each other to be vigilant going to and from work as the Stop the Steal rally to protest the results of the 2020 election approached. Expecting violence, some planned to stay home when the day finally came. Despite the measures they planned to take for their own safety, however, and the abundant evidence that January 6th was a powder keg waiting to blow, the federal office responsible for warning the rest of the government about dangerous events decided to keep its concerns to itself. These are the findings of a DHS Office of Inspector General report released on Tuesday that calls for essential changes. The department's troubled intelligence office. 50-page report documents how the various divisions of I and A, from open source intelligence collectors to its counter uh, counterterrorism wing, to officials posted at fusion centers around the country, repeatedly encountered evidence of preparations for violence at the Capitol and chose not to report that information to a wider audience. As early as December the 21st, according to the report, INA officials internally circulated information about an individual describing plans to kill protesters by the dozens, calls to bring weapons to Washington, D.C., an increase in weapons brandished by individuals already in the Capitol, and threats of violence against ideological adversaries, law enforcement agents, and government officials. None of that information made it outside of the office prior to January 6th, however. It's almost like they were sympathetic to the views of the protesters. Uh. But you know what, guys? It It's okay. Jenny Thomas didn't actually do anything wrong. The HS didn't do anything because, like, listen, listen, listen. It was Antifa. What the what the fuck? Wow. Um. The the story in the Charlotte Observer that I was getting ready to read to you guys has been taken down. The headline stated that a North Carolina resident.
told the FBI that Antifa lured him into the Capitol on January the 6th. Oh, that's my bad. I guess I had lopped off the uh, the L at the end of HTML. My fault, my fault, my fault. Thought maybe they got something wrong with the article and they had to take it down. Nope, nope, nope. North Carolina man told the FBI that Antifa lured him into the Capitol on January the 6th. The judge didn't buy it. Federal judge in Washington sentenced a North Carolina truck driver uh, truck driver to jail and long probation on Monday, not only for his role in the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol, but to keep the Catawaba, Catawaba, Catawaba. I'm fucking that name up. Catawaba County man from joining another riot. So he's afraid he's going to riot again. <laughs> James Les Little of Claremont will spend 60 days in custody and serve three years of supervised release after pleading guilty in November to a misdemeanor charge of parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. Riot boys. Now here's the kind of protest I can get behind. Minneapolis school district teachers continue continue to strike. Topping local headlines tonight, leaders from both Minneapolis Public Schools and the Teachers Union gave an update on where each side is at after a nearly week-long strike. The presidents of the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers and Education Support Professionals say they came closer to an agreement on class sizes last night, but claim the district wouldn't offer any more. They've done it in St. Paul. We can do it here in Minneapolis. We've got to get class size caps in the contract, mental health supports in the contract. We need living wages for our hourly ESPs, and we need competitive pay for our licensed folks. We have reached our financial limit. We understand some people are wanting to take an even bigger risk, much bigger financial risk, in the hopes that the state will increase, the state's increase will come. In our assessment, any further permanent spending would not be responsible. So again, negotiations continue. There is still no school tomorrow. The school district says it's examining school-by-school data regarding instructional time being lost to the strike and will determine when that time is later made up. No school for you tomorrow. I think actually I have a statement from the... The union. They're just hearing the, the local news report. Let's hear it. Off of the money that I get from Minneapolis Public Schools, I do work um, two additional jobs. I've heard stories about ESPs living out of cars. I've heard stories about ESPs working three jobs. I've just come up on my... Hey, what? Local news station. that You just did a minute. That's all you did. Like, here's a five-minute piece ready-made. With the stories of the people that are, are being affected by the working conditions and the abysmal pay. Like, I, I, I hope it is contagious. I hope teachers strike all over this fucking country. We were, we were seeing progress in Kentucky and West Virginia and Oklahoma. Teachers were striking. Kansas, teachers were striking. 
pre-pandemic. But now as we're coming out of the pandemic, I want to I see more of that spirit. I'm down with it. Fifth anniversary, I am at entry-level wages. Currently, it's 1983 an hour. Target, we just hear now that they're starting off at $24 an hour. Like, I've been here 10 years, and I don't even make $24 an hour. How do you live on $24,000 a year? What the ESPs are looking for and the teachers are supporting them is a living wage. We're on strike for safe and stable schools. We're on strike for systemic change. We're on strike for our students, the future of our city, and the future of the Minneapolis public schools. We can't have our ESPs living below the poverty line. What are you willing to do? We can't have educators having two or three jobs. What are you willing to we, do? We have got to restructure how schools are funded period we've got to decouple it from from property taxes we support students in a variety of different ways um that could be assisting with uh, personal cares like bathrooming feeding it could be um assisting in class please shut this bitch down we need a general strike but as we talked about last night it's a little hard to pull off when we don't have we don't have I don't know one strong union that I work with that does not have a second job. I currently make $24,000 a year and it's not sustainable. That's I work sustainable. two jobs. I know ESPs who will work an overnight at a job and then come into school the next morning. When I hear the word equity, I can't help but laugh. Our resources that we do have must support building a more equitable MPS. I feel like that word has lost all meaning in this school district. Having to make decisions between paying rent or paying for college. Federal government should match the state's funds. We we, we should we should spend more on education. It's not a thing in this district as much as they keep saying that word. I have coworkers that are homeless, so we're fighting for at least And that's that's another that's another one of those defund the police. Most municipalities budgets Overwhelmingly, their budget goes towards policing. We want to take some of that money, invest in education, then you don't have to worry about policing. That's what they mean when they say defund the police. I, I say abolish the police because I don't think they're fucking worth anything. I don't think, I don't think they do a good enough job to warrant to warrant keeping them around. I think they actually do a worse job than any of the good you can show me that they do. Most situations, you show me a cop getting involved and then make the situation worse. The cop commits a worse crime than what the person being arrested is accused of. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Defund the fucking cops. Pay teachers. 35000 salary a year for ESPs. It's wild to me that asking for $35,000 causes this. $35,000 living in this city is still not that, not that much money. Asking to go to the moon. We're asking to be able to live in this city where we work, where our kids go to school. That's all we want to do. And I will strike as long as it takes. I'm willing to go to we get it right because yeah. we need to get it right like St. Paul did. The NYPD's budget is larger than all of Ukraine's military budget. And our friends I believe it. 
proved that if you stick together, if you stick it out, if you're courageous, if you're brave, and if you fight for the right things, you can... It is a wonder that they all haven't left and went to work for Walmart. And those students that we have, the nurses... Or Target, or or become bartenders. And we don't need to have more than one social worker for a thousand kids, or one psychologist for a thousand kids. Y'all don't think they done gone through something in Minneapolis in the last three years? Come on now. It's sad that we have to still be here at this moment, fucking protesting for shit, striking for shit. The finances that we have are not enough to provide the support that we need to provide. Invest in our kids. Invest in our class. 5.4 billion. Invest for the New York Police Department. That was their budget. It's a calling. It's a calling. We could be anywhere in the world, but we with these kids. Oh yeah, we need we need a force of some sort. When I say abolish the police, I would you would have to replace them with something. I say abolish the police is just that the institutions right now are so corrupt they're not worth salvaging. I can go back to school. I can afford fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, I can afford to not eat ramen noodles every other night. Educators' working conditions are student learning conditions. And so when we exploit our lowest paid workers, then we're not providing everything that we could for our students. We know we're in a righteous fight. Don't let nobody tell you different. We win, we all win. If we lose, we all win. Highly recommend following uh, More Perfect Union on Twitter. I don't know if they're on the Facebook, whatever. Follow them wherever you can on social media. This is this is something I've been worried about. We had a little. We've had a respite of the COVID stories. We had a block of COVID stories last night. We're going to have to talk about COVID again tonight. We probably aren't past this. We're probably going to see another wave. COVID spike in Europe could signal an increase in the U.S. So we're seeing cases tick back up. Oh, God. (laughs) Coronavirus cases are once again... And we're about, what, six weeks, four to six weeks behind what happens in Europe, pretty much. Coronavirus cases are once again surging in several European countries, potentially signaling that the U.S. will soon experience another spike as well. Several factors are likely at play, including relaxed mitigation measures, the spread of the BA2 variant, and waning vaccine protection. Cases are still plunging in America, and hospitalizations are at their lowest level since last summer. Learned over and over again, the virus can still come surging back. However, previous infections and vaccinations will likely prevent most cases from becoming severe if there is another wave. 
Yep. That's what I was worried about. We've got the stealth variant. We've got the Delta Cron variant going around. Relaxed restrictions. Why can't we just keep the mask mandates in place? It's going back and forth. If you have to, if you have to reinstate them, people are going to have less taste in their mouth for accepting the the mask mandates yet again. Should have just left them in place until this is over with. I mean, we're probably still okay as long as there's not like a more virulent variant. It appears that the Deltacron and the Stealth Omicron are are not as virulent or just more contagious. But fuck, and knowing the booster rates here in this country, and now that now that we're seeing the uh, the drop off of the Omicron wave, how many people went and got their boosters? Who am I to talk? I haven't got my booster yet. Tones, howdy. I hate to I hate to be the one to bring you guys this this news. But like I just giving you the heads up. God, I saw the Delta wave coming last year. I had tickets to Modest Mouse that I bought in May. And like Modest Mouse was in October. And like we're getting like to the end of July. I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna go to this concert. Things are getting bad out there. I ended up selling the tickets. End of July, we were already like seeing the ramp up and everything. Knew this wasn't over. Sparkles and I started going to dinner after I got fully vaccinated last year. We went, we went to dinner like the first uh, three weeks of June, and then I went, uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 I don't like it out there. I don't like it out there. People aren't being careful, <laughs> and it's coming back. I haven't gotten my booster just because I haven't been outside. <laughs> like I haven't, I haven't been around people. I haven't been outside. I work from home. I was going curiouser from the chat was here last week, and I I was gonna have her take me, and like she woke me up too early in the morning. I was cranky. I would like I like <laughs> we were out running around and I'm like fucking like looking at her like <laughs> too early in the morning. I think they I think the CDC has recommended that you know the immunocompromised people, vulnerable populations, older people get their second booster. Israel did that fucking months ago. I want to say that was back in December. Everything. Yeah, I started watching this earlier. (laughs) Like, no, no, no. I'm going to save this for the show. I got about a minute into it. I still, I don't even know what the fuck she got suspended for. Kim Iverson, one of the hosts on the Hill, got suspended from YouTube. 
I've been suspended from YouTube. I lost my channel. I got it back on appeal. That's how I'm broadcasting to you guys right now. I had to not broadcast from like October till like January the 3rd or 4th to make sure that I didn't get another strike against me. Now I'm free and clear on YouTube. But Kim Iverson. Uh, she's She's got other outlets where she can go and bitch about, you know, the things that happen to all the rest of us that we can't fucking help as content creators. What's on your radar, Kim? Well, YouTube has struck again. The Kim Iverson Show channel is currently suspended for one week for violating YouTube's medical misinformation policy. Now, some of you may know I have my own YouTube show that I started a little over three years ago. Throughout 2019 and into early 2020, before the pandemic, my channel grew very quickly, averaging 15... Now, to be clear, I was I also received strikes for medical misinformation. I received one strike for election misinformation. All the rest of them were medical misinformation. The strike for election misinformation was on September 11th, or September 12th, whenever I played it. I think it was on September 11th. We played a video clip of Trump visiting, like, the firehouse in New York. And it's like it was like a three-minute clip of just Trump being Trump. And, of course, he talked about how, you know, he got screwed out of the 2020 election, yada, 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 you know, on 9-11. That got me a strike on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> then we played a clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene on the House floor. Something about Fauci, gain of function, some, some bullshit like that. That got me a strike. And then I played a clip from a city council meeting where a woman made the claim that the vaccines made you magnetized. And this was like a week or two after I got vaccinated. I ran over to the kitchen, grabbed a fork out of the drawer, and tried to stick it to my fucking forehead. And that got me a strike on YouTube. (laughs) So technically, technically, here's the thing is I did indeed violate YouTube's terms of services. I was I was not trying to spread vaccine misinformation, medical misinformation, what have you. I was trying to mock it. I was I was trying to spread good information, but you know. Oh Kim. To twenty thousand subscribers per month. My focus was on the Democratic primary, of course, and foreign policy. I interviewed candidates such as Tulsi Gabbard and Marianne Williamson and attended the Democratic... I bet you did. I traveled to the West Bank to witness the Israeli-Palestinian conflict firsthand and did in-depth pieces on the various... Not, not Jay. It's a pleasure having you hundreds here. Hundreds of thousands of views. And within a little over a year, I hit 250,000 subscribers. And I'm not just tooting my own horn. I have a point to all of this. Everything with my channel was going incredibly... I'm sure you do, Kim. Well. Viewers and people from other channels were suspicious I was somehow an agent of the deep state. While other channels and hosts were palling around with each other, very few paid me any attention. They thought there was no way my channel could grow as fast as it was without some inside help. But there wasn't any help. 
I did it all alone, sitting in a bedroom I had converted into a studio with a fabric backdrop, a ring light, and a starter DSLR. I did my own lighting, sound, filming, and editing. I was living with my family while I got the channel going, and Airbnb being my own apartment for cash. But after a while of grinding it out, my channel started to make money. By November of 2019, I was able to get back to living on my own. I started looking into hiring help. Then the pandemic hit. The focus of my attention and everyone else's shifted to the virus and lockdowns. I was against the lockdowns from day one. I argued they would result in a massive transfer of wealth, an unprecedented limitation of freedoms, and would only cause immense harm to children and others who are of low risk for the virus. I was also willing to discuss the lab leak theory. Oh, so she's trying to say that she was right. With the, oh, it was result in a massive transfer of wealth, which I doubt was like her main point back then if we were to go back and watch. There was a way that it could have not resulted in a massive transfer of wealth. We could have levied a tax on rich people. We could have paid people to stay home. And then all the, because all the detrimental effects that she, she would point to, suicides going up, that sort of thing, that could have been alleviated with some, you know, cash. Giving people cash would have helped them live during the pandemic and help them be able to stay home and not have to go out so that they don't catch it, so they don't spread it. Let me tell you, Kim Iverson, you were not right about the lockdowns. If we had done an actual lockdown, the if we had treated this like the serious threat that it was, we paid people to stay home, we had contained it, it would have been over a hell of a lot sooner than what it is. It's still causing economic hardships. It's still causing mass death. I I don't know for sure. It's a tricky fucking virus, but I feel like if we had if we had like nipped it in the bud, cut it all fucking down, six months a year, and we would have been like we could have eradicated it. If the rest of the world and if the U.S. had been taking the lead, developing the vaccine, getting the rest of the world vaccinated. Yes, if we had contained it and the rest of the world took the lead with us, we stopped the spread until we got a vaccination. We got the entire world vaccinated. We didn't profit off of the vaccination. We'd release the IP. Everybody could produce their own vaccine across the world. All the populations got vaccinated. We'd already be over it. We would be over the pandemic right now instead of facing another wave and another set of soft lockdowns, which is going to result in another wave of business closures. Ma'am, do you know who was right all along about the pandemic? Me, not you. Not you, ma'am, no. But I'm sure she would point to that, that study that, you know, like two economists did the other day. Where they where they they analyzed uh, like 123 studies, but they narrowed it down to only six that they that they felt met met their criteria. Rebecca Watson has a fantastic video on how bunk that story was about how lockdowns didn't work. And I've got the data to show you. You know the countries that did much uh, much tougher restrictions had far less death. So, ma'am, you weren't right about fucking anything. 
you to sit up here and gloat about how much your channel grew and how right you were about all the COVID bullshit is just nonsense. End of March of 2020 and into April, I made a few videos about the theory. One of my videos hit over a million views. Then suddenly, my video was removed by YouTube. They didn't have the same strike policy they have now. Instead, my channel suddenly went from explosive growth to zero growth, with my videos barely able to hit 10,000 views. So I went from 15 to 20,000 new subscribers per month to literally zero subscribers, not one. Very odd. This went on for months. In fact, my channel began losing subscribers, yet the content wasn't any different than the many radars you've seen me do here on Rising. There was one odd week in July of 2020 when the algorithm hit a glitch and I suddenly gained about 50,000 subscribers in a single week. Then boom, back to nothing. That one event confirmed my suspicions that something was amiss. It wasn't that my views are unpopular with the people, they're just unpopular with the establishment. And I wasn't alone. Others reported having similar issues after reporting on the lab leak theory and criticizing lockdowns. They too saw their subscriber counts slow to a crawl at best and video view counts take a dive. But I trekked on. I found other ways to survive, but it took a long time for my channel to start to grow again. And now everyone is allowed to freely talk about the lab leak theory. So I was punished for something everyone can now talk about without consequence. And that's one of the biggest issues with this type of content curation. One week, something is misinformation. The next week, it's common discourse. I was hit a year later in April of 2021 for reporting on Johnson & Johnson's vaccine being halted, which ended up being temporary. Spoiler alert, she's mad at capitalism, but she's not going to say that. Kim, 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 here's the thing. Is it is not like here she is framing this as if her her views are unpopular with the establishment. You are not. You are not being constricted on YouTube because your views are unpopular with the establishment, ma'am. Let me explain to you how this works. YouTube owns the servers. They own the platforms. They own the software that that promotes the algorithms. They own the interface. In order to make money, they sell advertising. And what they want on their platform is content that their advertisers approve of. It's not about your views being popular or unpopular or you having something dangerous to say that the establishment doesn't want you to hear. It is just that they want to limit things that are controversial so that they can put more advertising on it. That is all, that is all, Kim, that is all it is. I promise you. I have a YouTube channel too. Let me let me show you guys something. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little go to my YouTube studio. I'm gonna show you a little behind the curtain stuff. So uh here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you Amazingly enough, the only one that's monetized. Oh, there's two that's monetized. One of the ones that's monetized is the last time I talked about Kim Iverson. So 
So this is uh, my this is just a, a, a random time on my listing of video clips I made of the Troll Patrol views, comments, likes, all that good shit. I can still see downvotes. Uh, this is this is what my page looks like most of the time. I would say having two videos that are monetized on on like a page of fifty would be pretty common. The Freak Show is usually monetized. But like, this video of Dave Chappelle does not have ads running on it. What YouTube is doing is it's trying to discourage content creators from talking about certain topics or saying certain things so they can put advertising on it using their... It's to maximize their profits. If they got a whole bunch of content that doesn't have advertising on it, they're not making any money on it. It's costing them to host the content, but they aren't making any money. So they're going to do shit like try to penalize me because they can't make as much money off of me because they can't put advertising on my shit because I won't. I won't stop cussing and I won't stop doing drugs on stream. That's what's going on here, Kim. It is not because your views are dangerous or because you have anything profound to say. I'm sorry to uh, uh, lay that on you, ma'am. Temporary and alleged side effects that were being reported in the news about other brands. I violated their medical misinformation policy. By this point, YouTube had implemented their strike system. First you get a warning, then you get a strike and can't upload for a week. If you get another strike, you can't upload for two weeks. Because there were two videos in question, they gave me a warning and a strike and limited me from uploading for a week. But a couple of months later, after some of the side effects were confirmed by Pfizer and the FDA, I appealed the strike and had it reversed to a warning. I didn't get my week back, but I at least shielded my channel from getting hit harder in the future. Well, that future came last Friday when I woke up to a message from YouTube telling me a video was removed for violating their medical misinformation policy. This resulted in a strike, and I'm now suspended for posting for a week. Specifically, I violated their policy surrounding ivermectin. It is against YouTube's policy to post any content that claims ivermectin is either safe or effective in the treatment of COVID-19 or goes against the WHO. So I'm now in the doghouse or horse stable, if you will. Now, I'm lucky that I've had the opportunity to come here to the Hill, where I've had a... What did that mean? Many other independent creators have had to give up and find new lines of work. People who are genuinely good at this job, who are trying to share information with the world, are being cut out using a variety of tactics, from algorithmic suppression to outright bans. Information is being limited to only that which is sanctioned by the state. Private companies can do what they... No! 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 Not, oh, horse paste. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I get the joke now. I get the joke. The horse stable. How'd that one go over my head? But no, the state is not censoring you, ma'am, because of your views. It is corporate America wants a sanitized product that they can put advertising on. Blame capitalism. Put the blame where it rightfully belongs. You're so close, and yet you miss the point by so much. 
But if they choose to only allow the state-sanctioned narrative to be heard, what has become of our culture? Are we a free America, open to hear all sides of arguments, no matter how absurd or how much we disagree? Or are we one of a, of a, are we one, of a one narrative nation governed by Big Brother? We need to decide and we need to demand. But my fear is it's already been decided and demanded and unfortunately not in the favor of free speech and free thought. And that is my biggest concern with our culture now. You're on a commercial platform. There are limits to free speech and free thought when operating on a commercial platform. That includes you have editors at Rising. I've fucking I've had bosses the entire time I've been in media until I started streaming. Like they're fucking you answer to people. You answer to sponsors. You answer to, to who is paying the bills of censorship. We've developed this new culture and it's going on on both sides. We do see from the left this censorship of, you know, don't of what they've determined to be science or morality. Uh, if you go against that, nationalize YouTube, say whatever the fuck you want. Coming from the right as well, where there was actually a school district in Virginia talking about burning books that they didn't agree with. They actually mentioned, well, we should burn these books. Um, and it was about, um, you know, uh, critical race theory books or books for or I need a new butt type issues and or stories involving gay teenagers. So w- we've kind of reached this point in society where and maybe we've always been in it. I've just never really yeah, experienced it in- enough. But it does feel like we are at a point where everybody seems to be OK to some degree with censorship. And we're allowing these private companies to get away with it. And we're even encouraging it and saying, well, yeah, but you did X, Y, Z thing and you shouldn't have or you shouldn't be allowed to read this book. And I'm of the opinion that, you know, I'm, I'm more of a free speech absolutist. I actually I, I'm actually fairly extreme about it, but um, because I don't think there's really any speech that should be banned, including maybe even yelling fire in a theater and saying, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, you should look around and see if the fire is there. I, I get it. People are going to disagree with me on that. But well, even least, that, you know, that anecdote is, is a so people say that a lot. Well, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. But it's actually what that statement comes from is a is a a like a, a, a Supreme Court opinion that was not even I think it was I think it was the dissent. Uh. Uh, so it's not there's no legal standard that says that it's something that people say. But it's not like just as you say, if there is a fire in the movie theater, you are supposed to yell fire. Right. And, and in fact, that that decision was being used to, you know, it was the majority decision, excuse me, but it was later uh, invalidated that precedent. But that was the precedent to to prohibit leaflets uh, against World War One from being distributed. So that metaphor was supposed to be like be, saying something against the war, sapping the war effort was like yelling, falsely yelling fire in a crowded theater, which is which we would not right. accept. Right. Even even the most pro-censorship person today would not say you are not allowed to distribute leaflets arguing against some some war. Although, so I don't know. These maybe days, we're I mean, getting there. But. Well, it seems like it. If you say anything against this war that's going on between Russia and Ukraine, you know, suddenly you're being accused of being a, right. a you know, I'm accused all the time of carrying Putin's vodka around or whatever yeah. it might be. But Hey guys, hey. I've I've been staunchly against any kind of uh, U.S. Uh, intervention in this war. Correct. No one has said that I'm working for Putin. That is not that has not been a criticism that's been lobbed at me. What the fuck are you talking about, Kim? Maybe maybe if I was maybe if I was bigger, maybe if my channel had had grown by like 50k one month. 
Maybe somebody would have called me like Putin's puppet or some shit. I feel a little left out. I want to get called a puppet. I want to be accused of working for the CIA. Please. But, you know, people aren't able to say what they want. And that and that and people are being accused. So I don't know. Maybe our culture has reached back to the the plebs have never been able to say what they want. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I would argue that the plebs have more space to say what they want now. That the people can speak up now. And that's why you're hearing all this shit about the woke mob and cancel culture and yada, yada, yada. Because the people can actually make their voice heard now. And and people that have had unfettered access to platforms, whether it be TV, radio, newspaper and shit. They're hearing feedback now for like the first fucking time. And they don't like it. They don't like it at all. Soros is late on his check. Hey, hey, Georgie boy. Daddy needs rent money. Pay up. Oh, fucking shit. Do I have that? Do I have that emote? Boom. I made the uh, I made the Soros dollar for some other thing, and I was like, "Oh, I could turn that into a T-shirt since like the dollar looks really fucking cool." With Soros is like, if you if you've seen my Patreon pitch video, it has that Soros dollar pop up behind me, and then Soros's eyes like turn red and shit. <laughs> oh fucking shit! Anyway, anyway, today's environment how people like Eugene Debs would like get thrown in prison in World War One. Like you can you can find right. finally like you can viscerally feel it. Like just after nine eleven you could viscerally feel it then too. Mm-hmm. That yep. you know we're not at that place where they're gonna be throwing people in prison, but you can understand with one one or two more turns. The mainstream media would be running articles about why is this man allowed to right. say things that is misinformation about the the the, the necessity yeah. of of entering this war, this you know dynastic dispute between yeah. powers, like that's what would happen. Yeah. And one quick point about YouTube, I th- I think there, I think this. I don't like the word mainstream media. Can we say corporate media? Can we say corporate media? Paid corporate media is a more apt description than mainstream media. Claim that it's that you can't say that lockdowns don't work divorced from everything else i think that's actually fine i think it's obviously clear i think it's correct i don't think they should be the ones saying it but i think it's obvious like china right now is locking down shenzhen no no ryan Ryan, like lockdowns work masks work everything works except for the stuff that doesn't work what are you doing my point (laughs) is china in a totalitarian way locking down shenzhen the city of 17.5 it will reduce the spread yes yes the question is do we support a totalitarian government having that amount of power that is a that is the question so that and that's what the public is supposed to work out to balance the costs and the benefits of these things the shenzhen example is particularly right right because it's happening right now and it's a literally a totalitarian government but it will work right to some degree. Then they'll open but up, then they'll get hit again. Then they'll get hit again. Right. They, they but I actually don't really, know if they do this forever. Really I don't know if, that's in, if, the, if the lockdown one is actually in the in their uh, community guidelines. We'd have to go back through I'm it. I'm pretty sure it is. Look and say, what, what can sure you say and what can you not say? And, you know, we're all kind of 
stuck yeah, it to is that. in there. I remember it seeing is, it the uh, other day. Yeah. yeah. We're walking. I did not know there was a guideline. I did not know we got a handbook on YouTube of the shit that we can and cannot say. Was not aware of this. Apparently, hate speech is okay on YouTube. Uh, all of this, every bit, everything that we're we're facing right now, Jordan Peterson predicted it all. Is the Prager you post from earlier? Understand thought, is from one of the times that Peterson was on Joe Rogan. I think it was pre-pandemic. This was actually posted back in December. I saw Prager U share it out earlier today. Jordan Peterson was right about everything going on. This was this is this is pretty old because like this is Joe Rogan's old studio. I would get to the point well, where think things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time. You know, if I encroach, I, if I encroach on you, and I'm sophisticated about it, I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you start start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again, right to the point where you protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. And I'm just going well, to. Did he, did he tell Putin how to? Uh, you know it. You're going to be back invade Ukraine from where you started, and you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how'd I get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone, and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again, and you agreed. And if anybody's interested in this sort of process, and this is a horrifying book, if you want to read about how this process works, you can read a book called Ordinary Men by Robert Browning. I just don't understand. So there's the video, uh, and it touches on sort of this human condition phenomenon that we talked about. I, want, I wanted to hear what Joe Rogan didn't understand. And, uh, we did you know, an hour-long interview with him, which you guys can go check out in our previous episodes. Uh, but we talked about something called the complacency law. Is this a kid... Why is that so Raven coming on for PragerU to talk to us? What, what What's going on here? And it's a, a tool that people in power and people in the hierarchy use against the people who are below them. And it's starting off by making a somewhat small, seemingly menial task or menial, menial ask of a group of people. And they go, OK, well, given the current situation or the current crisis, as we would call it today, uh, sure, I will go along with that. And they push it for as long as they possibly can. And then when people get upset and start to protest, they take back a little bit but then when they re when they rejoin that complacency ladder we're no longer on step one we're on step two so it's not one mask anymore it's double masking and it's not uh you know going out of your house just to get groceries it's don't go out of your house at all it, it's constantly growing right so that's why the when was there ever any recommendation to not go out of your house at all like you, you could go out and get groceries go out and fucking get some fucking fresh air it, it's not being in public places You can be around people, just keep your distance from them. Be outside, be a few feet apart. God damn, what the hell? The double masking is because like it was a more uh it was a more transmissible virus. That's why we needed the double masking. That when there are sometimes some winds or you move to somewhere like Florida or you feel like you have some freedom, that doesn't mean to be complacent whatsoever. That mm -hmm. means that you have to continue to fight so things can continue to get better. You know, just because they stopped for a millisecond and gave you some breathing room because they saw people were getting upset does not mean that this is now the time to stop your stop your advancement. Listen to the way they, they, uh, just because they stopped for a second, give you some breathing room because you were asked to wear 
a fucking face covering during a, a respiratory illness. It's insane. You are an entitled little baby that doesn't give a shit about the collective. It's it's this weird mentality. And look at the look at the products they have displayed behind them. Uncle Ben's rice and Goya beans and uh Ballpark mustard. What I don't I don't understand the ballpark mustard thing. They got the In-N-Out burger. That's a it's a Christian burger joint. You know, when you're a little kid and you like continually like flick them in the ear or something <laughs> and you do it over and over and again. Let me, and let, fucking right wingers talked about virtue signaling and that's all they ever fucking do. All they ever fucking do is virtue signal. So look, they've got all these, the, the fucking Uncle Ben's. Because they changed, they changed the, the mascot on the rice box. The Goya, the, the president of Goya came out in support of Trump. So they went and they put the products behind them to virtue signal. They wear the MAGA. The whole MAGA thing is fucking virtue signaling. Calling yourself a patriot. I believe in the Constitution. Virtue signal. That's what that is. Fucking me actually talking about a legitimate issue with wealth inequality or, 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 or fucking wages... Or criminal justice reform. That's not virtue signaling. That's trying to fix an actual issue. You having a box of Uncle Ben's over your shoulder is virtue signaling. Like, hey, my virtues are racism. Come watch me. Until they yell at you. And then once they yell at you, you calm down. And then you start flicking them again in the same spot. And it's like every time you can continue to see, you can push your limits. See how much you can get away with. He did that exact thing to a girl he liked in school, didn't he? A more extreme example of that. The relationship that we're currently in with our government right now is the relationship you would be in if you were with somebody who's a domestic abuser. They hit you. you They apologize. They back down. They're super nice to you for a few weeks. And the next time they hit you, it's worse. And the next time they hit you, it's worse. And the next time they hit you, it's worse. And this is why so often in these cases, you you meet uh, women and males who are in these relationships and they're told, you know, but but she was so nice two weeks ago or he was just he. Wow. First of all, does this kid even have enough live experience to to have been around abusive relationships to to. Socks, socks, socks. I think socks was pissing on my shoe over here, dude. Ugh. He's been doing things to get my attention. Yeah, I, I, I forgot what I was saying. I was socks. I was on a rant about the about the young lady here from PragerU. Yeah, tried to piss on my house shoe, dude. I'm sorry. You might be able to sell it to a conservative. Put that shit on eBay. Put that Uncle Ben's on eBay. See how much you can get out of it.
he just bought me flowers and that's what the government does to you they slap you across the face you cry and scream and protest and they buy you flowers and you go oh my gosh the government's so nice i'll forgive your student loan debt it'll be great yep and then you have the people who are us we're there we're the police officers in this case we come along and we're like you need to get out of this relationship you need to uh stand up to them or you just need to you know step away and say you're not going to comply with this anymore or you're going to get killed and then you get killed excuse me that's why i'm not worried about people you know people like to get upset when someone's embellishes something this is this is off-brand hassan parker what the hell scenario something that could happen and people want to say well you're just fear-mongering you're just putting out the worst mm-hmm. possible case and it's like well you realize why people do that you know some people just do it for cloud and because is, is he purposely trying to look like hassan saying like this is the worst case scenario this is what could happen and then people say they're overreacting is because they want to showcase what could happen when you give them an inch yep right every time you give them an inch they will eventually take that mile you have to be prepared for the worst because if the worst happens, you need to be ready for it. The fuck are you talking about? Oh, no, we do not want to watch any more Prager You. Some dudes just look like that. Oh, okay. Um,. One of the movies that was nominated uh, for um, movie of the year, I believe. Well, the power of the dog, maybe. Power of the the power of the dog. Nominations, but that doesn't mean. Ah, I need a minute. I need more minutes. Well, there's no minutes. Okay. Sam Elliott hates it. it. Uh, Sam was hanging out with Mark Marin, and uh, we you. know Sam has built a career doing the Western genre. Uh, he had harsh words for Jane Campion's film about Texas ranchers uh, mm. while hanging out on the WTF podcast. Did you did you see Power of the Dog? Did you watch that movie? Yeah, you want to talk about that piece? Of- oh no, you didn't like that one. No. Okay, why? I'll tell you why. Okay. I read a. F- I didn't like it anyway. Yeah. I looked at it when I was down there doing, in Texas during yeah. 1883. Yeah. And what really brought it home to me the other day where I, where I said, do you want to talk about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. There was a full-page ad out in the L.A. Times, and there was a a review, not a review, but a, a clip. Blurb? A clip, yeah. Uh, appar- apparently it's a gay cowboy and movie. talked about the uh, evisceration the American myth. Huh. And I thought, what the f***? What the f***? What does that this mean? This is the guy that's done westerns forever. For his whole life. The evisceration of the American West. I mean, they made it look like, what are, those, what are all those dancers, those guys in New York that wear bow ties and not much else? Uh-huh. Remember them from back in the day? Oh, the Chippendales? Yeah. Yeah. That's what all these cowboys in that movie looked like. Uh-huh. They're all running around in shaps and no shirts. There's all these old... Old me. I'll watch it. Throughout the movie. Yeah. I think that's what the movie's about. Yeah. Well, what (laughs) is this woman from... Who, Jane Campion? Yeah. She's a brilliant director, by the way. I love her work. (laughs) Right. Previous work. Love her work, except the movie I'm shitting all over right now. From down there come... Oh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Right. Know about... The American West. And why the f*** does she shoot this movie in New Zealand and call it Montana? It's good. This movie. And say, this is the deeper. way it was. 
<laughs> oh, Sam. Uh, listen, uh, he, he, he takes Westerns so weirdly seriously. Uh, can I read you? So, like, it is true that, like, the U.S. cinematic portrayal of the American West is absolute bullshit. The whole cowboy thing? Nonsense. Nonsense. Apparently the director... uh, We gotta go out of order here. So she was asked a couple of days ago about Sam Elliott's comments. Surprised by Sam Elliott's comments. I think Sam... Look, what can I say? I'm sorry. He was being a little bit of a B-I-T-C-H. And I'm sorry to say it, but he's not a cowboy. He's an actor. And the West is a mythic space, and there's a lot of, lot of room on the range. <laughs> room on the range. Yeah. And, you know, that's a snappy comeback. I think it's a little bit sexist because... You think about the number of amazing westerns that were made in Spain by Sergio Leone. It's, I mean, I consider myself a creator. And um, I think he sees me as a woman or something lesser first. And, uh, you know, I don't appreciate that. Ooh, accusing Sam Elliott of some fucking misogyny there. Apparently, according to... We're reading from the Daily Wire here. She did some moaning of her own after winning the Best Director Award at the Critics' Choice Awards on Sunday night. Whining at iconic tennis stars Serena and Venus Williams. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Critics' Choice. And um, it's... uh, It's absolutely uh, stunning to be here tonight amongst so many incredible women. Hal Berry, you have already uh, done my speech. So, um, and, and, and really killed it. I loved it. You're, you're absolutely brilliant. And Venus and Serena, what an honor to be in the room with you. <laughs> I've taken up tennis. <laughs> I truly have. And Will, if you want to come over and give me lessons. <laughs> uh, I would truly love it. <laughs> I actually had to stop playing because I've got tennis elbow. <laughs> I'd also just like to uh, give my love out to my fellow, 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 the guys. <laughs> the nominees. And, and, you know, Serena and Venus, you are such marvels. However, you do not play against the guys. <laughs> like I have to. <laughs> Wait a minute, as I understand it, like, Venus and, and Serena, whichever, Serena is the is the better one, right? Like, they're both, like, phenomenal. Like, Serena is, like, the, the, like, the top echelon, right? As I understand it, like, Serena could beat any guy, correct? Like, what? Like, what? 
Why why don't women play against men in tennis? What fucking Let's see. Let's see fucking Serena against uh oh uh Djokovic. Let's see let's see her beat his ass. I don't know shit about tennis. I don't know why they divide it up into men's and women's. I don't know I don't know how having a dick would give you an advantage in tennis. I would think like as I understand it, she is the greatest player of all time, man or woman. So like I I don't know why you even have to throw that in there because I, I think she can compete against the guys. I might be I might be wrong though. I don't know shit about tennis. I don't actually know what she's done. Apparently she is a brilliant director. I need to I need to get on the uh watching of She she was clearly socially awkward and felt like she was on a roll with uh with her joke. She thought she was killing it up there. I need to get on to uh, watching some of the best picture nominees. Yeah, I've not seen the piano, bright star, power of the dog, top of the lake. Holy smoke. Yeah, I've not I've not I've not seen any of this. Venus has retired from competition. I thought Venus was the younger one. Then again at that at that fucking level, it's amazing they both played as long as they did, right? I don't know, fucking Sam Elliott sold me. What was the power of the dog? I'll give the power of the of the dog a watch this weekend. What a watch this past weekend. I watched Tenet. I've been in a, uh, I've been in like a, I've been in a Batman mood. I've been like wanting to get stoked for Batman. So I watched, uh, I watched, uh, the last director that got to do Batman and the, and the current iteration of Batman, Robert Pattinson and Tenet. That's what I watched this weekend. I like the movie, but like, uh, I don't know that it made sense. I'd have to watch it again. You know, now knowing all the twists and everything, fucking, and watch it again and be like, did that actually, was there continuity in that? I, I, won't, I won't be watching Batman until it comes out, on, or The Batman, The Batman. I won't be watching The Batman until it comes out on streaming. Really looking forward to Spider-Man is streaming like next week. 
finally get to get sparkles over here and we watch some Spider-Man because we watched the uh, we watched the other two. But there was a, you know, several months delay in actually seeing Spider-Man come to streaming. Not watched it yet, but I've watched Homecoming. I've watched Far From Home. Like just, like just a few weeks back. Oh, here's a cat taking a shower, by the way. Well, if we ever get to eating the rich, remind me to save Serena's thighs so uh, I can I can slap some of my famous barbecue sauce on them. <laughs> oh no! I should stick around with you guys for a little bit so I can send Twitch over to uh, Media Winch. It is Meltdown Monday. And I, I haven't seen uh I haven't seen Winchy Poo in a while. That is a wet ass P word. Maynard gets in the shower with me, but he doesn't get all the way in like that. He gets up on the side and sticks his head in and he sticks his head under the water and shit. And he wants me to take my wet hand and rub him and get him wet. And he'll like, he'll like fucking come in, stick his head all the way fucking in the shower on both sides of the curtain. But he won't get like, he won't get in and just like fucking get wet like this. (laughs) Maynard's a wild ass cat. Oh, no bath cats. Maynard actually hasn't done it in a while, or maybe I just haven't taken a bath in a bit. <laughs> can't, remember, can't remember the last time I was in the shower. No, like, seriously. I shower pretty frequently. <laughs> but usually I'm just like, I will lay down in the bathtub, even though I have the shower on, just fucking just put the water, and he'll fucking just stick his head in, like right next to my head. He is an adorable little thing. I might need to snag us another video though, because like I'm gonna I'm gonna stick around long enough to in Twitch. I showered on Sunday. How do you know I showered yesterday? I don't think I did actually, to be honest with you. I do not think I showered yesterday. <laughs> just just throwing it out there. Cause I don't think I I did anything yesterday, other than this stream. I think I was really unproductive. Yes, I did. I did shower on on Tuesday. We'll come back. We'll come back to Kitty Cat here. I've showered. I've showered since you left too. I probably showered on Friday. No, I, I'm actually, uh, no meltdown today. Are you serious? No meltdown today? 
because I I asked producer Dave if because uh, no 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 I asked producer Dave where he was last night na- where he was last night and uh, he said he had a family thing but Media Winch would be here tonight waiting waiting for my goats to stroll in that's what he specifically said that. Oh, shit. You know, she messaged me earlier, but uh, she messaged me on Facebook. Facebook, Jill. Oh, well. Well, I I don't have to stay on for another eight minutes then. One more time. For the uh, for the good guys, though. Hey yo! 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 That's a really good idea, RB. Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey yo! Oh man, the '90s were a wild time. Hey yo! Hey yo! Hey yo! I mean, I don't. I don't know whether to like. I can't say rest in peace. I don't I don't know for sure if he's passed. But there's always the the miracle that he pulls through. Oh, it is official he has passed. They took him they took him off uh life support. About one o'clock this afternoon, noon. Um, Scott Hall went in to have a surgery on his hip, and there were complications. He had three heart attacks, and they had him on life support since Saturday. Scott Hall, one of the most influential men in the history of professional wrestling, died on Monday, according to WWE. He was 63. Hall is a two-time WWE Hall of Fame inductee. He broke his hip last month, had severe health complications during surgery to repair it over the weekend. Kevin Nash, Hall's longtime best friend and former tag team partner, wrote Sunday on Instagram that Hall was on live support. She was later removed from on Monday, according to close friend Sean Waltman. Gone, Waltman wrote Monday night on Twitter. Hall, nicknamed the bad guy, made his biggest mark in wrestling as a founding member of the group that would go on to be called the New World Order. Left the then WWF in 1996, where he was known as Razor Ramon. Signed as a free agent with WCW, it was a major contract that ignited a series of lucrative free agent signings going back and forth between WWF and WCW during one of the hottest periods in pro wrestling. Storyline that was portrayed once Hall arrived in the company was that he was an invader, perhaps working on behalf of the WWF, attempting to take over WCW. 
I almost cried there as I was reading that. Like I've, I, I was a big fan of Scott Hall. Razor Ramon just had just oozed, oozed charisma. There is video of Scott Hall coming out at ECW and in New Japan to the Fugees, ready or not, here I come. Go watch fucking Scott Hall dancing to the Fugees. Is is something I didn't expect. Oh yeah, I didn't expect I didn't I didn't even think about it coming off with packing tape. That is a good point. Ah, If you use the packing tape option, put some kind of pad, like a soft pad or something on the packing tape. Maybe. And you could reuse the pad, just pull it off of the tape. Throw the tape away. That way it's, you know, soft up against your patch. But it seals and, and, and sticks. Are they showerproof? I have I have never had a easy time keeping any kind of a uh, like a band aid on. But that's the only that's the only reference I have in the shower. Fuck! It's been a, it's been a hard fucking few days for wrestling fans too. Big E broke his neck. Can you maybe just tie something around? Like, I, I don't know where it's at. Be careful around that area. Push around it. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but when people hey, when yo. people pass away, I go and I admire their body of work. Hey, so yo. I will be watching hey, yo. Scott Hall, Razor hey, Ramon yo. matches tonight. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Oh, yes, the ladder match between him and Shawn Michaels. The first in the classic. Technically not the first. They did it on house shows before they did it on... See, that's why I was trying to think there, Aaron. Like, well, is there a, there's not like a Scott Hall WWE DVD compilation. That's my favorite thing to do. Because, like, you can just put those on, like, just let the matches roll and go kind of through the highlights of the career. But there's, like, there's, there's an Outsiders DVD, but there's not a just Scott Hall DVD. There might be a Razor Ramon DVD. That's possible, maybe. They'll put out some kind of a special or something on Peacock, hopefully. A little mini documentary or some shit. 
Here's the okay. Here's the here's the thing about Razor Ramon, Scott Hall that trips me out, and 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 we'll never we'll never fucking know is he swears in shoot interviews that 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 the Montreal screw job is a work. <laughs> That Bret Hart and Vince McMahon planned that shit out to send Bret Hart to WCW and destroy that company. And I'll never know if he was just saying that to bullshit people. Or if he actually believed, because I can't believe that he, because he's like one of the only people that will tell you that it's a work. And it, like, suppose everybody praises Scott Hall as having a brilliant mind for professional wrestling, of being one of the smartest men in professional wrestling. He ca- he came up with Sting's Crow gimmick, and like, there's all kinds of these little stories about what Scott Hall did throughout his throughout the years for other people. If he's that smart, though, he had like it can't possibly the Montreal screw job couldn't possibly be a work. So the fact that Scott Hall was saying that makes me feel like he was just saying that to get attention because people people would interview him to hear him say that. Oh shit. Fucking Bret Hart is still butthurt over that shit. So I can't imagine that it didn't actually happen. Bret Hart got screwed. He he did not take it well at all. Oh shit, if you're on Twitch, we're heading over to Frims. He will be butthurt till his grave. That's, that is true. That is true, Aaron. Oh, let me let me go back to the cat. It's wrong of me not to end on the cat, right? That's that's kind of my thing. I've got the I've got the animal video playing as I'm signing off. Here's the cat in the shower. Uh, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freaking. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live.